You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. We've had lots of wedding photographers on the podcast, and we've had one videographer, but today we are adding a second videographer, and that is going to be Tyler Jackson with Jackson Visuals. Tyler, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for the invite. So glad to be part of it and bumping up the videographer numbers for sure. Absolutely. And so you were actually on um, a podcast already with Hunter Sherwood and I about Mm -hmm. how to be the perfect wedding guest. That ended up being three episodes. It was only supposed to be one, but apparently we had a lot to say. Um, So in the first episode, I don't think we had a lot about video and photography, um, but the second and third, you definitely got a lot in. So if you have not listened to that podcast yet, I would definitely go back and listen to it. But let's start with um, a little bit about your background and how you got into wedding videography. I guess wedding videography was never something that was on my radar when I first started. I've always been passionate about like video creation and like I've loved the process of editing and I think growing up in the age that I did YouTube was kind of first becoming popular and this is kind of like pre-Instagram and like social media influencers so like YouTube was a big thing when I was growing up. I loved that idea of like making videos with your friends and doing that sort of thing high school junior year I purchased my first camera and my friends and I kind of would make some like workout edit videos or like vlog style videos that sort of thing just as kind of like a passion thing maybe in the back of our mind we thought we would blow up on social media for it but that did not happen that's kind of where I started with videography, if you would call it that at that point. So I'd had a camera and, you know, that kind of evolved over the years. I would do some commercial shoots or like do some things for local businesses. Or if my friend had like a car washing company and he wanted a video for like, I would do that sort of thing. And then 2020 came, oddly enough, uh, that was when I did my first wedding. And I was going to be a guest at a wedding for Tiffany, my my wife, her coworker was getting married and they were kind of having a smaller, more intimate wedding, but it was in a cool location. It was at the Lost River Cave in Bowling Green. They, you know, were going to have me as a plus one through Tiffany and they knew I had a camera. So they asked if I'd be interested in recording their wedding day. I didn't even know that that was really a thing. They just asked me to record it. And I'm like, yeah, I've recorded things and, you know, made montages and edits before. So I brought my camera along with me and we actually set up the whole entire wedding. So I did decor and also videography that day. It was a long day and I did it for free. And we stayed in a hotel, so we paid for the hotel. So it was negative dollars that was exchanged there. But yeah, they when I delivered the video, they really loved the video and were so appreciative. And like that part was super rewarding for me, just seeing like how much they appreciated the video and having that and like having that part of it documented. And at that time, I, they didn't even... I didn't even have audio, like as far as microphones for the ceremony. They were just appreciative to have it recorded, like 
the actual footage of her walking down the aisle and like guest interaction and them interacting like that sort of thing. Did that wedding that turned into another coworker's wedding, which I think that one I might have gotten paid like $200. So it was a step in the in the right direction. But still, it was kind of more of like a passion thing more than anything. And then kind of from there, it just like word of mouth spirals with weddings. It's It's a very tight knit community, I feel like. So if you're good at what you do and you care, uh, that tends to go a long way with wedding, the wedding industry in general. In 2021, I kind of made it my goal to like start pursuing it and like putting my name out there more and just saying like, hey, I'm I'm a wedding videographer. I think a lot of us go through like imposter syndrome when you first get started. Like you, you don't want to put the title of who you are on yourself because you feel like you're not deserving of it or you're like not quite there yet. So that was kind of 2020 for me. And then in 2022, I leaned into it more and felt like my confidence was higher than years prior. Last year, I kind of like put forth my full effort in like promoting it and like, hey, this is what I do. And you know, like I said, passion and and doing a good job will take you far. So it's it's just really snowballed from there. It's funny. One of the first things you said is you never set out to be a wedding videographer. I don't know anybody in the wedding industry that actually set out to be a wedding vendor. My degree was in human resources and I did that for six months and peaced out. I was like, (laughs) I cannot sit in an office all day long. I think most wedding vendors work their first weddings for free or for pennies or or are in the negatives. I was the same way. Um, Mm. I think that's how a lot of us learn. But I think it's funny you said that. I don't think any of us set out to be wedding vendors. Yeah. Talking about video, there are... Several different terms that I hear videographers refer to. Obviously, videographer is going to be the first one. The next one is filmmaker and then cinematographer. Do you typically just go by videographer? I think most of this is just personal preference, to be honest. Do they all mean the same thing? They they essentially are just the same thing. Some just sound prettier than others. I would say the term filmmaker, like if I heard that, I would be more inclined to assume that they do other things besides videography. So whether that be like short films or maybe like more passion products or more branding shoots, like when I think filmmaker, I think kind of more like the influencer, like vloggy, like that style. And then videographer, my mind goes to more weddings or corporate shoots. And then like cinematographer, more the commercial like filmmaker like that kind of movie production side is kind of what I think but essentially it's all the same job just kind of more fancy terms for people to keep up with and if someone is listening and they are close to getting engaged or they've recently gotten engaged and they're just starting to research all the vendors and what all is involved in planning a wedding They are going to see photography and videography. Um, Those are two separate things. Talk Mm -hmm. about the difference in hiring a photographer and videographer and what the difference in the outcome is. I would say the biggest difference between photography and videography would more so be 
like the day of and then the editing after. So how I see photography is that most of their work is on the wedding day and pre-wedding day. So whether that be what well, they also obviously have a lot of editing too, but I think it's, it's more front loaded with them as far as pressure goes. So like they're obviously going to have an engagement shoot and they're communicating about timeline a lot more. Their input is more important uh, as, as far as that's concerned with the planner or coordinator or just the couple if there is no planner or coordinator. I think there's a lot more back and forth communication and then including the engagement shoot and then wedding day. Obviously, they're kind of the the one that's helping run the show or running the show with the planner or coordinator. So I think a lot of the pressure, if you want to call it that, it is on them on like the wedding day to kind of make sure things are running or that they're keeping to the timeline. And because they, they have a lot more shots that they like have to get. Whereas on the videography side, uh, I would say the biggest difference for me is I just try to get to know the couple as much as I can pre-wedding day. So I'm not necessarily inputting a lot on the timeline since I'm a little bit lower on the priority list, whether that's for good or for bad. But I'd say my, my biggest thing is just trying to get to know the couple beforehand and kind of get a feel for what their vibe is and what they want with videography. And then on wedding day, I'm kind of just trying to capture every little moment that I can and let moments breathe and capture them naturally interacting and and being authentic. And essentially my goal is for people to forget that I'm there. Whereas the photographer, they are trying to tell people that they're there and organize people. Um, So I would say wedding day, that's kind of the two differences. And then On the editing side, that's where I see a majority of my work comes from. So uh, on the editing side, we have things like music and audio and like timing of clips. And you're trying to get a feel for the couple and like what their vibe was, how the wedding day was like, okay, how much dancing footage did we have? How much uh, how like how many bridal party moments did we have or portraits did we get so you're kind of like trying to take in and sort through all those clips and craft a film for them that they're like gonna feel as authentic and in like I don't want it to feel like they're watching a version of themselves like I want it to feel like them so I think the pressure on editing is a little bit more with video Whereas I think photo, you know, they obviously have all all the editing as well and it takes them ample time, but I think there's less pressure with editing photo uh, than there is editing video, but they get it all on the wedding day, you know, making sure that they're posed well and, you know, if, if they accomplish that on the wedding day, then their editing is easier, um, but I, I, that's where I would see the biggest difference is on the wedding day itself, just the approach and then on the editing side. I know that there's AI software for photography edits now. Is there AI for like wedding videos yet? I don't think it's quite gotten to wedding videos. So 
and not to get like too deep in the weeds here, but a lot of it would be like in After Effects or like transitions for like videos or just video editing in general. A software really, and I don't know if it would even get to this point with video because there's there's so many complex elements that go into a video. Like there might be a shaky clip that a software would deem not usable or you know it might not even put it into a like a montage or something whereas i might see that clip and like it it could be the only clip of her hugging her grandma that i got that day like i maybe i might have been looking away and then i look back and she's hugging her grandma and i just get that split second like that might be in a computer's version, not a good clip, but for me, knowing the couple and like what they would want, I think it's hard to teach that Absolutely. Um, yeah. with AI. So I don't, I don't necessarily know if it would ever get to that point. I it's definitely not there at this moment. When it comes to video editing, I feel like there are a lot of options and a lot of things that honestly, I don't even understand So we're going to have typically an Instagram highlight that is around the 60 second range, I feel like. And then we're going to have a longer highlight that is going to be the five to seven ish minutes. That is pretty much the entire day, literally the highlights. And then a lot of times there's going to be a ceremony edit. Then there's a reception edit. And then there's raw footage. Talk to me about what is most common in your packages and just in general that a couple actually needs. The biggest thing as far as needing, I think, would obviously be like just the video itself. So kind of the more highlight video. So that five to seven minute video, you know, every videographer is going to include that. Now with the like the highlight reels for Instagram and that sort of thing, that's something I just kind of started including is as far of like a sneak peek. So like with photographers, they obviously are going to do a sneak peek for the couple to see. So I kind of see that the same way as video with the highlight reel. So it's kind of essentially the videographer's version of a sneak peek, that 60 second teaser for Instagram or Facebook. As far as like the ceremony reception and like the raw footage goes, and every videographer does this different and their, their packages are are set up different. But for me, uh, I just lump those all into what I call a documentary edit. It's essentially all the raw footage from the day, including ceremony and reception and speeches. And so literally everything that I captured on the wedding day, I will put that in a timeline and synchronize everything. And, and, you know, uh, my wife, Tiffany shoots with me. So that we have multiple angles for everything going on. So I will throw those into like a timeline and it's essentially like a home video style video. So, um, I think the last one I delivered was two and a half hours. It's very much home video style. So it's it's not something you're going to watch every day. But if you want to go through and see kind of some of those like behind the scenes moments or uh, like getting ready, um, the more like raw, uncut moments uh, where there might be, you know, there, there might be some filler in there that's not necessarily needed. Um, but some people enjoy like just 
like kind of watching people from uh, fly on the wall view of their wedding day and, and getting to soak it in. So that that's what I call my documentary edit is kind of like the raw footage. I normally don't split out the ceremony and reception stuff in that way. I just kind of drag it all into one and then you can scrub through it if you know it's in chronological order so you can kind of scrub through it if you want to watch like the full ceremony again or all the dances and that sort of thing have you ever gotten texts from uh couples that have like watched all the footage and been like oh my gosh i can't believe this happened or i didn't know this happened on the wedding day yeah the the wedding i was referencing with the documentary edit they actually had a gopro on their wedding day so that is another add-on that I started offering is uh, like an additional GoPro for a bridal party member or a family member to carry around on the wedding day. So they're kind of like a mini videographer for me um, where I kind of, I'll give them the GoPro and they'll do behind the scenes of them getting ready or uh, them on the dance floor, that sort of thing. So for this wedding specifically, uh, during the first look, you know, me and the photographer are recording it and they're doing their vows and the bridal party they're obviously they're like excluded from that and they're off to the side but they were watching from a distance and there's like clips from the gopro of them like watching behind the scenes and you know they're like trying to sneak through the bushes to get an angle and not be like they're trying to be inconspicuous and um that was a, a really funny moment and uh so so they brought that up when they were watching through their documentary edit so it was like cool to see that and and cool to see like the cuts from my my point of view on the dance floor versus the groomsman point of view on the dance floor because he's you know he's getting in people's faces and making people kiss and you know because people are a lot more comfortable with like a bridal party member so being able to cut back and forth from those things like i, I think they really enjoyed seeing that so that that was uh it's one of those times where you're like okay you know it is worth doing <laughs> yeah like sending all of this footage because it's fun to watch back for them one of the things that you mentioned is that uh, your wife tiffany is your second shooter on the wedding day so that means that you are the primary at every single wedding that you book mm -hmm. and then she is there with you and so if a couple books jackson visuals they're booking you yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's, that will always be the way that I run my business and uh, just videography in general. I like being connected to the couple. And I think ultimately that's my biggest selling point is me. No one is going to be as passionate as you and your business, whether that being on the wedding day or in the editing cave I, I kind of take pride in shooting all of my weddings and editing all of my weddings just because I feel like I have gotten to know the couple beforehand. I was there on the wedding day. Like I, I just have that connection with the couple or I strive to develop that connection. Tiffany didn't always shoot with me. I started out using second shooters and I would bring people in from the area or, or like friends that I knew from the industry to come help me shoot. 
Um, and then Tiffany kind of expressed interest like, hey, you know, you're you're gone just about every Saturday. Like, I, this is something I'm interested in doing if you, you know, want to show me. So that's kind of what we started doing this year. So I'd say 75% of the weddings this year she shot with me. And then, you know, I, I'll give her some weekends off. She doesn't shoot every single weekend. That's very um, kind of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there might be a handful of times going forward where I'm still bringing second shooters in. And, you know, she might have a friend's birthday or right, something. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I want her to feel like she's not strapped down with like having to work all, all this time because she's working full time as well. So you'll you'll see me for sure and Tiffany uh, yeah <laughs> most of the time but and that's one of the things that I always recommend um, anytime you are booking a vendor in general uh, particularly a videographer is to ask before you book that videography company who's going to be your videographer the day of because there are essentially some companies that are agencies um, that book it and then six or eight weeks before the wedding they figure out who's open and stick that person in there. They may stick a second shooter in there. They've never worked together. They've never met until that day of. Um, and they're charging probably more than you or Kelly are charging. So always ask that about who's going to be your wedding day vendor. And then talking about the wedding day, typically how long are you on site for the wedding day? Yeah, so... I've kind of, my packages have evolved as I've gotten into it. Um, I used to offer like six, eight, and 10 hour wedding days. But what I kind of found with videography is six hours, unless it's an elopement, is just, it's it's not enough time. Most of the packages that I did at six hours, we ended up adding coverage time on to that anyway. Basically what I do now, I offer a 10 hour package and an eight hour package. Most of my couples fall under the eight hour window, but normally what I like to tell them is like whatever they book photography for, videography should be the same duration. Just so everybody is on the same timeline, like it's always kind of awkward if the photographer is getting there an hour or hour and a half before me and they've already done detail shots and they've already done dress shots and then I show up and want to redo that stuff it it just kind of a time suck and it it makes things take longer makes them feel like they can't like makes the photographer feel like they can't move on and do things cuz they're waiting on the videographer to show up or vice versa, if, you know, if they book me for 10 hours, I want them to have the photographer for 10 as well. So, like, I'll stress that also. But most of mine fall either 8 or 10. I do offer, like, additional hours a la carte if they need to go on the 10 hours. And I think mentioning that getting to know your vendor team before the wedding day is so important. And this is where Lexington and our area in general is such a tight-knit wedding community and I'm sure you've been doing this for three or four years now, and you're starting to work with the same photographers multiple times now. And so you get to know how each other work. You're working with planners. You know how they work. Um, and like you said, it can be a time suck if you're doing the same thing. And so it's good that, you know, you're working with other vendors and um, you can share with the couple what works best for everyone. Yeah, I, I would ultimately say in... That we kind of touched on this a little bit before we started recording, but um, like 
couples when they're considering they might ask a videographer if they've shot at a certain venue before or you know have you been here can i see some of your work like at this venue what is almost more important than that is have you worked with this photographer before or have you worked with this planner um because i i think if if you can get a vendor team they don't necessarily have to work together but if they know each other and have the opportunity to like if your vendor team can connect with each other beforehand, uh, then then that's what's really going to make your day go smooth. Because um, w- at the end of the day, we're all professionals. So regardless of what the venue is, we're, we're going to make it work. Um, the biggest thing is just working together. So I, w- I would say like, you know, getting to know your vendor team and, you know, connecting each team with the other team, like, you know, make sure you're, photographer knows that there's going to be a videographer there and that your videographer knows who the photographer is and you know has a chance to connect with them beforehand um so that's something that i kind of set out to do before wedding day is just to know who's going to be there have a worked with this person before you know i'll send a quick message hey you know i'm going to be working with Catherine this weekend let me send her a message how excited i am and and it just like sets the day off on such a such a good start and this is where your vendors knowing each other and having at least a month of or a day of coordinator allows you as the couple to be more present on your wedding day and as someone who is recently married um, when did you get married oh we got married in september of 22 okay oh wow okay I was thinking 21, so it is very recent then. Yeah. So what is maybe some advice for that you have from your wedding day to share with couples? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing, you know, I had probably done a couple dozen weddings at that point, like on the videography side. So I had kind of experienced from like the vendor point of view of what it was like and what stressed brides and grooms out. So uh, going into the wedding day, the biggest thing that Tiffany and I were focused on was not sweating the little things and trusting your vendor team and really just not focusing on the details and the little stuff. Ideally, you do all your details in advance and you know, you, you kind of have a team or whether it's a bridesmaid or a groomsman that is, is helping your coordinator or if you, you know, or if you don't have a coordinator or planner, that bridesmaid is, is kind of like making sure you're not getting the, the stress and the problems that come up. So I would say that it's just like trying not to sweat the little things and, and just really taking it in. So I think uh, the biggest thing there is just really going through your timeline and making sure nothing is rushed. And and one kind of contributing factor to that would be like the first look is something I would bring up. Nowadays, the first look is becoming almost a norm, but there are still a handful of people that opt not to do a first look. Do you find that is usually the grooms that don't want to do the first look? Um, I have seen both sides. Okay. I think... It's more so family members, I feel like, that have more of a opinion on that. Like the family, they want to see, like, they want to see the groom's reaction to the bride 
walking down the aisle and they they might feel left out or they might want it to have that traditional feel where it's like the doors open and and here she comes walking down the aisle and it's like this emotional moment which is good in theory but Tiffany and I had a first look I did not cry during the first look <laughs> um but I bawled when she walked down the aisle so I think it's real at that point yeah and I think if if your groom is going to cry at the altar or if you want that big reaction, I think that's going to happen naturally anyway. But I think doing a first look beforehand and kind of starting your day earlier. So like getting that first look done and getting some of your portraits knocked out beforehand and doing some of your full bridal party stuff beforehand before your guests arrive. And because when people show up after the ceremony, it just, bridesmaids or grooms and they're talking to family and friends and you're like looking for people so i think the more you can do beforehand just sets you up for such a more relaxed reception and you can take it all in so that was our goal we we knew we wanted to do a first look to get as much done as we could before the ceremony so that we could take time to eat and uh, like we took 45 minutes to eat and we ate in a separate room. So no one interrupted us. We got to eat our Drake's food truck, which we loved so much. And we got to hang out with our bridal party and we all ate together and we could talk about the ceremony and the wedding day. We were completely separate from our guest, which I think was a nice touch. We got to do that. And then when we finished eating, we got to go out and interact with our guests and we had eaten and everybody was happy and not hangry. And like from that point on, we could just soak it in. That That's the thing I would probably stress the most is front load your wedding, do that first look. Don't, don't try to cram stuff in after the ceremony. It just it, it turns into a blur and you get hangry. Did you have a videographer at your wedding? Yes, I did. A close friend of mine, his name is Logan. He's a videographer here in Lexington as well. He second shot with me for a majority of my wedding starting out. So uh, 2021 and 2022, we shot together numerous times and developed a good connection and like so I was comfortable with his shooting style and I knew how he was and I was comfortable with him and he knew Tiffany and I as a couple, like we'd been out to eat. So um, so he actually filmed our wedding day alongside uh, another friend of mine, Andre. Both of them did a great job. They, you know, I, I wanted them to have kind of full creative control. So I'm like, hey, do what you do, that sort of thing. You know, I just want you to capture the wedding day. They shot it. And then I ended up doing the editing because I'm a control freak. I wanted that to kind of be part of like a gift for Tiffany. Like I, I wanted to have a piece of me in that. For sure. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, I if I could have shot our own wedding, I probably would have, but I did not want that stress. So Logan, Andre, they shot for me and, and I edited it. Yeah, I think Tiffany's probably watched that a hundred times at this point. Um, and I can't stand it cause I've watched it so many times, but, um, but yeah, it, it's something great to look back on and show people that weren't able to make it on our wedding day. And one of the things you talked about was trusting your vendors. Um, I know when I've talked with, um, some of the DJs on the podcast about how much equipment they show up to a wedding with, talk to me about like, 
your equipment and we talked about you being the main um, videographer that day. Do you have a backup if something happens to you or you're sick that day? Like what's your procedure for that? I'm going to knock on wood here. I have not had to miss or call into a wedding at all. And I, I don't plan on it. But in the event that that happens, I obviously have Tiffany that could help out in a pinch there. Um, and then I, I do have like a good network of friends and people that I know in this area that I think would step up and, and fill that gap for me. Uh, and I'm comfortable enough with their style and the way that they're shooting that um, on the editing side, I would be able to, to make that still come through as like a Jackson visuals film. So knock on wood, I hope that never happens. Um, but in a pinch, yeah, I would say having a good close knit like friend group and just knowing other people in the industry that know you and like would step up. Um, that's, that's the best backup plan. That I have. Absolutely. We have the local videographer group here in mm -hmm. Louisville. And um, I think that's one of the really good things about being a smaller community. I mean, Lexington seems a little bit bigger for, for Kentucky, but overall, I feel like we're a small wedding community is how the vendors take care of each other and yeah. um, work really well with each other. As a videographer, do you have tons of equipment? Do you have like one camera? Is your camera different than a photographer's camera? Talk to me about those kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so on the equipment side, I currently have three camera bodies that I use. And I have to do a quick count in my head. I have five lenses that I use. So I haven't ran into a scenario where like anything has broken on me, but in the event that that happens, you know, Tiffany and I are shooting on two cameras. So there's at least one backup for us. Um, and, and normally we're using those three cameras during ceremony and reception. And then the rest of the day, that third camera is just put up for the most part. So that's kind of like backup, backup camera. Um, and then like microphones. Yeah, I have three or four microphones that I use. Um, you know, audio is the biggest thing that I'm always stressing about in, you know, making sure that everything is charged and that, uh, if like, say this microphone dies on me or like if I'm plugged into the DJ do and the DJ loses signal or something, or the power goes out, like, do I still have that audio? So like kind of having a backup for audio is, is what I stress about the most. The audio is one of the most important things on the wedding day. And it, it just like the audio pieces pull the emotion out of it and, it and it makes it feel like authentic to you. And it, it just feels more personal with the audio. So that's the biggest thing I stress about on that end. But yeah, we, we have a lot of gear that we're, we're lugging in and out. Um, we have tripods and, uh, you know, camera bags and lighting equipment and the microphones and all of our cords for the audio equipment and um, lenses included in that. So like, you know, that you are lugging, lugging some stuff around and, and that takes time to set up. So I think the biggest thing, like as... I say a bride and groom or like a wedding planner, just kind of like making sure that there's a little bit of buffer time in there. So your videographer and photographer can get set up for uh, speeches and ceremony and like not just springing things on the videographer because there is more to than just 
turning on your camera. Um, you know, you're you're syncing things up, you're setting lighting, you're getting multiple angles. So like getting out of the photographer shot or getting out of like, I'm trying to get out of Tiffany shot and the photographer might have a second photographer. So there's four people that you're coordinating. So, you know, doing something last minute or just like impromptu sometimes that's where things might get missed or get, get cut at the beginning. And with photographers and a traditional camera, I know most of them have like um, dual slots for like memory cards. Do, do your cameras have that as well? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's the same thing uh, with, with all my cameras now too. And that's the first thing I do when I get home from a wedding, what, regardless of what time it is, uh, is I back those SD cards up on hard drives and external hard drives and just ensure that I have that. There, there is a handful of SD cards I have to go through. You've got microphones and drones and cameras. And I mean, there, there's a lot that you're trying to back up. So, you know, just carving out time to make sure, you know, yes, this is backed up. Yes, I got the audio from that device. Yeah, I got the drone footage. Again, on the back end, that's things we go through as videographers. You know, photographers go through it too, but they might only be dealing with two cameras versus we've got two cameras plus four other devices that have SD cards. So just a little bit more work and you have to be thorough and like have a good process in order. We talked a little bit about like the raw footage and stuff and being an add-on. You also offer drone footage. Is that Mm -hmm. standard with your packages or is that an additional like add-on? Yeah. So that's something that's standard with everything I do. The drone footage just adds to uh, like the dynamic of the video and it it really kind of helps transport you to that wedding day, being able to see like the full landscape and like, okay, where are we at? Are we downtown? Are we in the country? Like what, you know, what does the foliage look like if it's a beautiful October afternoon? Like what, what is, what is the trees look like? What's the weather like? I don't think I would ever take that out of any of my packages just because I think it's needed and every wedding film is is having a drone there um, just just to put you in that in that space. And I really love the fact that you offer the GoPro as well to um, as an add-on to get another view of things. Like you talked about the bridal party, the groomsmen having that on the dance floor, he's going to get a completely different version on the dance floor than you're going to get and talk about them being in the bushes for the first look. I love the thought of that. And for me, it's kind of like, okay, you're making this investment. Let's just go ahead and make the full investment and have the best absolute product you can have. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think if you're someone who's looking for, you know, you want to see every single moment and like really get to relive your wedding day there there's really like nothing better than kind of having that extra camera there and like i said it's it's getting given to like a bridal party member or family member so people are going to be just naturally more comfortable in front of the gopro versus me and my big camera and gimbal so you know there's some funny interview moments that happen there or reception party moments for someone who's like looking for that you know they want that extra little bit i think you know that that's something that i don't think a lot of people are offering so i i love to be able to offer that to people and something i do want to touch on is the wait time for a wedding videography is a little bit longer than 
photography. I guess the turnaround time is probably the appropriate term for that. Mm -hmm. Talk to me a little bit about turnaround time and maybe the difference in an April wedding versus an October wedding. Are the couples on the same turnaround time at that point? Yeah. So uh, typically, like for me, what I tell my couples is 10 to 12 weeks is standard turnaround time for me. And then, yeah, obviously, like falls book out a lot thicker for like wedding vendors. So, you know, there might be a weekend in October where I have a Friday, Saturday wedding or I have a Saturday, Sunday wedding. When you're talking about like turnaround time, uh, now both of those videos are due around the same time. So turnaround time might get stretched longer during fall weddings just because your vendor is, is they're normally going to be more booked out during the fall just because that's kind of like prime wedding season here in Kentucky, uh, just with weather and uh, like the foliage and, and that sort of thing. So I would say most couples can expect probably a little bit longer turnaround time if you're getting married during peak wedding season just because we might not be able to like you know we have are backed up from September weddings going into October and then October goes into November um, versus like let's say an April wedding um, where we might not have had but one or two weddings and like, you know, January, February, March, like that sort of thing. So your backlog isn't as long. Um, so I would just say, you know, be a little bit flexible with your, your fall wedding vendors um, and just kind of understand where they're coming from too. Honestly, I think that video is a luxury. I love when couples have video. I wish every couple could put video in their budget um, unfortunately, that is not realistic. Mm-hmm. If a couple cannot budget for a videographer, is there, and they want to record the ceremony on maybe their iPhone, do you have any tips or anything that you could tell them to do to maybe get a better video? Yeah. And I think this obviously goes in like stages as well, depending on like how important it is to you. So my best friend is getting married in May this year and I'm going to be the best man at his wedding. So I'm unavailable to record that day and um, they're, you know, working on a tighter budget and they're buying a house. So they have different priorities. So uh, they don't have the luxury of being able to hire a videographer in their scenario. Like I wanted to do something for them. So I'm going to set up like a camera for their ceremony. And then um, like I have an audio recording device that will plug in for the DJ just so they have that ceremony recorded for them. And it's a super simple thing to do. It's setting up a camera on a tripod and, and recording audio. Now for someone who doesn't have just a camera and audio recorder laying around like I do an iPhone video. Like if you were to buy a tripod and you know, were to put the iPhone on a tripod and let it sit there. Um, I, I would think that would be one of the better things to do. I don't know if I would have someone sit in the audience and record it. Like I, I would still try to push for an unplugged ceremony a little bit, just so people are present and in the moment. But I think if you bought like a, a cheaper tripod on Amazon and, you know, put your phone up on a tripod, recorded that. And then if you want to buy like an external microphone to record audio better, 
you know, you can certainly do that, whether it's like a lapel microphone that clips on to one of you during the ceremony, or if it's something that plugs into the DJ. And that that's something you could potentially ask your DJ if, if they have any experience with doing that too. They might be able to help you out with the audio end or just putting your phone next to the speaker so that you get that audio. So those would be things that I would recommend. You're going to have guests that record during the reception and, you know, maybe a bridesmaid or a groomsman that record getting ready. So there are ways you can still get some footage from it. And if you want to edit it into a video, that's totally up to you. But that's that's kind of what I would recommend. I know that the doo-wop shop has a lot of audio equipment and stuff. They may have something that um, you could rent there if you didn't want to buy something or even asking them um, specifics because I know I send a lot of people there for like DIY DJ setups and stuff. But yeah. And well, Murphy's too there. Murphy's camera and here in Lexington and they have a location in Louisville. I actually, um, before I bought my, second and third camera bodies i would i would rent from them um and it's like you know 150 or 200 bucks you can rent a camera for the wedding day and i don't know if they have i don't know microphones i'm not unsure of with murphy's but yeah the do op shop that'd be another option too and then one thing i want to kind of close us out with is you talked about how sometimes when there's two videographers and two photographers it starts getting a little bit full Well, something that has come along in the past year or two is content creators on wedding days. Have you gotten the opportunity to work with one yet? Yes, I have. It was, I guess it was more laid back in, in it, in my scenario, it was actually like the coordinator that was also doing some like behind the scenes content. So I don't know if I would call it like a full fledged content creator, but they were doing kind of behind the scenes TikTok things and like stuff that the bride wanted. So they had communicated that beforehand. And so they knew like, okay, when she gets in the dress, we're going to do this shot before and this shot after. The biggest thing I would say there is just like making sure your vendor team for one is aware that that person is showing up. And then also uh, that the content creator is aware of kind of like the priority on things. So for me, I'm never going to step in front of the photographer unless they're like, unless they tell me, you know, hey, go get your shot, get this shot. I kind of know like the photographer, they're getting their shot. They need attention to be on them. Like I'm not going to interrupt that process. So I kind of expect or would hope that content creators would be the same way for me being that I'm like the main video source for their wedding day or like the more important, I'd say the quote unquote more important source. So I think just like making sure your team is on the same page and if there's going to be shots that the content creator wants to get that like that stuff is planned beforehand because if you have the photographer trying to get what they need and then I'm trying to capture candid stuff, but now I can't do candid stuff because the content creator is jumping in and they want to do the uncandid stuff. So it's like there's no room for those moments to breathe, which is is what I want on the wedding day. I, I want natural, like authentic moments and I want 
to get them interacting. I don't want to get them being posed and directed. So I think that'd be the biggest thing, just communication. And if there is going to be that person there, like let's plan for it beforehand. Let's get a shot list of what you want from this content creator. So I know if they're going to do walking down the aisle shot with you, like where do I need to stand so they're not in my shot and vice versa. So that'd be the biggest thing. Okay. Is there any farewell words you would like to share? We've covered all kinds of things today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a wide range of topics for sure. The biggest thing I would say is if you're considering videographers, you know, if if you even remotely have the budget for it, I think you should absolutely do it. I know that's coming from a very biased source, but I I think you you never see the inverse of someone who doesn't hire a videographer and wishes they didn't versus someone who doesn't hire a videographer and wishes they do so if if it's at all possible that you can have someone help you like you know talk to family members like or you know mom dad cousin, aunt, uncle, whoever, like, hey, we really want a wedding videographer. Like, I think if if you can, like, have someone help you out or, you know, t- talk to people within your budget, um, I think you won't regret it. So that'd be I, the biggest thing. I agree with that 100%. And a lot of times if you read blogs, if you read magazines um, and any type of wedding content, even TikToks, Usually, I would say 60 to 70% of the brides say the number one thing they regret is not having a videographer. So, um, Tyler, if a couple wants to find you on social media, how can they find you? Um, yeah, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and my website. I'm not on TikTok, unfortunately. But, yeah, my Instagram, it's visuals.jackson. Uh, Facebook is visuals by Jackson, And then uh, my website is visuals by Jackson as well. And then they can find uh, video examples on all of those. Um, I will say um, you have one from Kroger Field from a couple months ago that we've talked about a hundred times now. (laughs) Um, It's actually one of my favorite ones that you've done. So thank you again for joining me today. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.